A special thanks goes out to the folks at Anchor.fm for bringing you this podcast. Coming to you almost live from our studios in New York, this is Tom Reads Your Story. Stay tuned for readings from social media and other spoken word projects. Join me right now. I'm your host, voice actor and podcaster, Tom Zania. Hello, everyone. I'm Tom Zania. Thanks for stopping by. I'm glad you're here. We'll have your words from social media and much more right after these important announcements. In early September comes a story of horror and haunting regret. A group of homeless men fishing for a little fun and folly latch on to something that might be a mermaid. Remember, regret lives on and lingers long after the last teardrop has fallen. Harry's Mermaid is written by the poetic master of modern-day horror, Steve Vernon, and narrated by Tom Zanian. Rust Belt, USA, where steel is dead, hope is scarce, and hardship is a way of life. Miles Junction is but one of many northeastern Ohio towns, long forgotten and left behind, its residents living on the cusp of financial, emotional, even spiritual destitution. Taking place during the last few decades of the 20th century, in just the right light, written by William R. Solden and narrated by Tom Zania, is a glimpse at one region's bleak inheritance and the precarious lives of those who remain to rummage through the fallout of its past. There's a doorway on Mars that has mankind's greatest minds perplexed. Deep beneath Mars, an ancient secret is revealed, and a team of explorers led by Forrest Judge, Deputy Commander. The doorway closes, and the team is trapped. Six mission specialists, each with unique skills, each with different reasons for wanting to break free of the primordial trap. In Dinosaur Red, written by Edward J. McFadden III and narrated by Tom Zania, Judge is forced to choose between escape and changing the course of humanity. What will he do? All three of these great books are narrated by Tom Zania and are available now at audible.com. Do you need a good professional sound for your podcast? I'm Tom Zania, voice actor and podcast host of Tom Reads Your Story. I can give you the sound you're looking for for your podcast intros and advertisements at the price and turnaround you need. So don't hesitate and send me a message at TomReadYourStory at Yahoo.com. Hello, this is Tom from Tom Reads Your Story. Starting July 15th, we'll be busy moving our New York studios to a new and improved location. And unfortunately, we won't have the time or infrastructure to produce a new episode of the show. We hope you will take this opportunity to listen to the many other episodes on our podcast list. We'll be back on August 4th, and we very much hope to see you then.
Thanks for listening. And we are back. And yes, that uh, first announcement you heard, I am moving. Uh, it's really been stressful. and I just want to get it over with and find a place and relax a little. And so that means I'm going to take a few weeks off. Uh, I hope you don't mind. Uh, if you do mind, there's not much I can do about it anyway. Uh, but in the meantime... There are a lot of older episodes you are more than welcome to listen to. And I'll be back in August. Okay, we're back. Anyway, uh, today is kind of rant day. I hate to say that, uh, but there is a certain amount of ranting in, in Facebook posts at times. As we all know. And these today are really pretty good. What we've got is called, uh, first of all, from Buck, called Don't Send Them Money. And this is about something like AARP, but for the Tucker Carlson set. Okay, the a conservative's version of AARP and how ridiculous it is. After that, um, we've got uh, a thing from my friend Stephen, and I call it spitting incident. And what I mean by spitting incident is that he was spit on at work. Unbeknownst to him, well, I mean, he was standing in a certain area of where he worked, and someone was above him, like on a catwalk or something like that. Uh, but he got spit, and it landed on top of his head. Okay, unhealthy, and definitely a bullying episode to an adult. And this is an adult who I'm referring to is Stephen who was bullied as a younger man. So you can imagine the violation, the sense of violation, the sense that, you know, this is something I can't handle. And it did take him a while to handle it. Uh, But it's a very, very good post, and I think you're going to like it. The last one is (laughs) called Listen Up, Tucker. And it's a comment from a teacher Uh, about what Tucker Carlson says on his little uh, pretend news network, Fox News, and how ridiculous what he's saying is. You know, when you talk, when these people on, well, anywhere, but especially on Fox News, because they do it so often, when they talk about things they know nothing about, then... This has to be examined. This has to be rectified. And I hope very much that you like him. But let's start out with something from Buck called Don't Send Them Any Money. Don't Send Them Money by Buck. 
Heads up. The American Association of Mature Citizens, which bills itself as the conservative alternative to AARP, is hungry for your money. Just got a fat mailing from them, claiming to be the last defense against such dastardly leftist outrages as taking away your freedom to pay full price for drugs. Honest to God, the effort to increase the number of generic drugs is seen as an affront to your liberty. The rest of their laundry list of pain and suffering is every bit as absurd. As an organization, they also shill for the oil and gas industry, safer for the environment than ever before, they say. Lobby for a rollback of Obama administration environmental protections and have tirelessly, fruitlessly, tried to kill the Affordable Care Act. Yeah, send those dudes some money, then beat yourself senseless with a baseball bat. Spitting Incident by Stephen I experienced something tonight at my job that really upset me. Before I write about it, I want to say that I like my job at Meow Wolf and that the majority of the guest interactions I have had at Omega Mart have been good. But there is a minority of guests that are not always pleasant to deal with. One irony is that I never actually saw or spoke to the guest with whom I had a negative interaction this evening. I was standing at the bottom of one of our slides, and some punk-ass kid on the catwalk above me thought it would be a real hoot to hock a loogie onto the bald spot on top of my head. Perfect aim, by the way. My experience was suddenly feeling something wet on the top of my head, and my reflex kicked in, and I automatically touched my head with my right hand and felt the unmistakable sensation of mucus on my scalp. Now, I'm a bit squeamish about other people's bodily fluids anyway, and the pandemic has made me even more so when it comes to phlegm, so I was extremely grossed out. I looked up to see where the spit had come from and realized someone must have spit on me from the catwalk. But by the time I looked up, I saw no sign of the perpetrator. There was a hand sanitizer near me, so I immediately sanitized my hands and then even went so far as to put some hand sanitizer in my hair and on my scalp. My first reaction was one of disbelief which then became disgust and anger. I mentioned to a couple of co-workers what had happened, and although I kept feeling compelled to call my manager, I kept dismissing the thought because I thought, well, what can she do? It's already happened. I have no idea who did it or where they went. And even though it was gross, it seemed not significant enough to report. Until I realized it was. I needed to talk about it, if nothing else, I needed to let my manager know that this degrading, demeaning thing happened, even if nothing could be done about it. In fact, I didn't expect that anything really could be done about it. So I called her, and we went to an area away from guests, and before I could tell her what had happened, 
I just started sobbing. She could tell something was deeply troubling me. I finally regained my composure and finally said, It already happened, and I don't expect anything can be done about it, but I just need to talk about it. And then proceeded to explain to her what had happened. I explained to her my aversion to germs and spit, and how demeaning it felt, and that my mother-in-law had died from COVID-19 and to be spit on at all, but especially during a pandemic, was very upsetting to me. She immediately was compassionate and understanding and told me how sorry she was that something like that had happened to me and even gave me the option of going home, which at the moment seemed like overkill to me. I told her no. I was fine. I just wanted to talk about it. She gave me a hug and asked me exactly where and when it had happened. I told her, and she said she would have security review the footage to see if they could find the culprit. And it was only in that moment that I remembered that there are security cameras all over the exhibit that could have easily captured the identity of the person who spit on me. My manager asked if I needed a few minutes before stepping back out onto the floor, and I said that would be nice. So I went upstairs to the break area and restrooms to wipe my eyes and blow my nose. I had barely finished when there was a call on the radio to let our staff know to alert security if they saw a young teenager with a black t-shirt and a brace on his leg. And I knew that was the guy who had spit on me. And I thought, wow, that was fast. And as I headed back to the floor, two security officers passed me exchanging words about how the guest they were looking for had spit on one of the creative operators, having no idea I was the creative operator in question. I went back out on the floor and suddenly felt this weird terror about encountering this kid myself. And I thought, why am I so terrified of running into some kid who spit on me? And I was back on the floor. I realized that I was still feeling on edge by what had happened and was having a hard time concentrating. Soon, there was another call on the radio from my manager asking me to meet her at back of house. She informed me that they had the kid in the security office and asked me if I wanted to press charges as to what he did was considered assault. I did not feel that was necessary. I only wanted the kid to know that what he did was very upsetting to me. Later, the head of security asked me officially if I wanted to press charges, and I again declined to do so. I went on my break and called Isaiah's because I just wanted to talk to him. We both felt that I should see if my manager's offer to go home was still on the table because I was feeling more and more unsettled by what had happened. I went to the security office where my manager was and asked if it was okay for me to go home after all. I didn't want to leave my team in the lurch, but I did want to leave. Without hesitation, she said, of course, that they would be fine. They let me know that the video footage clearly showed the kid looking down at me, looking around to make sure no one saw what he was about to do, and then spitting on my head. So, of course, he knew what he had done was wrong. When they caught him, he was petrified. 
His mother was horrified by what he had done and asked why he would do such a stupid thing at all, especially knowing how dangerous such a thing could potentially be during a pandemic. She apparently was mortified by her son's behavior, as well she should have been. They did not tell him immediately that I had chosen not to press charges, so he did not know if he would be facing charges or not. They made sure he knew how upsetting what he had done was to me, and they kicked him and his family, or whoever was with him, I only know about his mom, out. So I'm sure he's in a lot of trouble. Look, I didn't want the kid arrested. I just wanted him to know that what he'd done was upsetting and unacceptable. I am normally a turn-the-other-cheek kind of guy, but I'm glad he was scared. I'm glad he got kicked out of the attraction. I hope he learned a lesson. I hope he never does something like this again. There were times during this evening when I actually caught myself asking why I was making such a big deal about this. It was just some immature kid doing a stupid thing, but it is a big deal. It was demeaning. It was degrading. It was upsetting. I'm a 50-year-old guy just trying to entertain people and make them feel good and have a good time. I'm just trying to do my job in peace, and I just want to feel safe at my job. I'm too old, and really, is there any age when that behavior would be appropriate to have some punk spitting on me? And I felt, and still feel, angry at the violation of my personal space by this kid's nasty spittle on my head. And I realized later why this experience felt so traumatizing to me. I was reminded of how many times kids bullied me, and yes, spit on me when I was in junior high. I felt like that bullied kid tonight, and it brought back a lot of really painful feelings and memories. It really was upsetting. And kudos to my team, my manager, and Meow Wolf's security team for having my back and taking my concerns so seriously. I am so grateful to them. I am home now and glad I made the choice to come home. And wouldn't you know it, my nephew left me his ice cream because he wanted me to have it. So that was a nice treat to come home to. My biggest takeaway is that I just hope that kid learned a lesson that stays with him. Don't go through life spitting on or debasing people, kid. Lift people up. Don't injure them. Listen up, Tucker, by Patrick. Dear Tucker Carlson, Hey, Tuck, I just got done watching a segment of your show. You know, the one where you suggest that there should be a camera in every classroom in order to root out, let me get this accurate, civilization ending poison. I'm going to zig where you thought most teachers would zag. I welcome your Orwellian cameras in my classroom. Frankly, I don't know many teachers who would object to having people watch what we do. As a matter of fact, I hate to tell you this, 
Tucker Swanson McNear Carlson, but most of us spent the last year having video cameras in our classrooms. See, I think you believe that your suggestion that people see what happens in our classrooms will somehow scare teachers. The truth of it is that we have been begging for years to have people such as yourself come into our classrooms. I somewhat famously asked Ms. DeVos to visit a public school before she became Secretary of Education. It's unclear whether she has yet to set foot in an actual public school classroom, but I digress. I sense that you think you'll see all of us pinko teachers speaking endlessly about critical race theory leading to, and again, let me get this straight, a civilization-ending poison, have been in a lot of classrooms, more than you and I am willing to bet. And I think you are going to be disappointed on that front. What happens in America's classrooms is teaching and learning. Your spy cameras will see teachers and students working together to be better every day. I'll tell you what I saw on a tour of classrooms not that long ago. I saw a group of kindergartners trying to create bridges over running water with basic classroom supplies in a lesson about collaboration. I saw a high school literature class talking about the character development in the glass menagerie. I saw a middle school history class participating in group project where they had to solve problems in a fictional city with specifics of how they would utilize resources and build public support for their projects. Anyone watching your cameras will see learning all day, every day. For those who watch your nanny cams carefully, they'll see a lot of other things as well. They will see teachers working with students who have vastly different life experiences. They will see students who are fluent in multiple languages working with teachers to become proficient in yet one more language. They will see students who are hungry get their one solid meal a day in the cafeteria. They will see students itching for more fine arts, industrial technology, or world languages to be offered in their school. In my classroom, if we're being honest, they'll probably hear some sketchy intonation from my saxophones, and I promise we're working on it. But for sure, they will see learning all day, every day. To be honest, I'm fascinated by the logistics of your proposal. In a world where school districts are struggling to recruit and maintain teachers, who is going to man our citizen review board, setting aside the fact that public school teachers already answer to publicly elected school boards. For instance, in my school district, I sense you would need well over 500 cameras going every day. Who watches those 500 screens 10 hours a day? I want you watching my 7 a.m. jazz band and my after-school lessons. What qualifications would these experts need to know what they are watching for? What happens when they catch a teacher teaching, let me get this straight, civilization-ending poison? Who do they report that to? I'm also curious, who will pay for all of this incredible technology? Maybe I missed it, but can you point me to a K-12 through institution where critical race theory is being taught? Hell, 
Can you define critical race theory for all of us? I'm sure you got answers to all of those questions. Frankly, I've never been able to figure out, instead of dreaming up Orwellian plans to have Big Brother in all of our classrooms, why you don't round up an army of bright young conservatives to actually step up and teach. Is it because teachers who work hard aren't paid as much as those with similar educational backgrounds, don't have support from our elected officials, constantly serve as punching bags for those who don't understand public education, or is it just because it's easier to throw rocks at a house than to build one? Here's the real deal, Tuck. I grew up with my mom making me eat your family's Salisbury steaks once every couple of weeks. His family makes Swanson TV dinners for many years. I struggle to take advice on teaching and learning from a guy who makes a steak that, on its best day, tastes like shoe leather that has been left out in the goat pasture for a few weeks. I get that critical race theory is your latest attempt to scare your easily manipulated demographic, but let's just admit that you don't know what you're talking about. With all of that being said, count on me on the cameras, Tucky. Like many teachers, I'm in the early stages of understanding critical race theory. Most of us hadn't heard about it until you and your people started crying about it. But if you find me teaching it, have one of the Tucker youth watching your surveillance devices, let me know. If critical race theory involves talking honestly about American history, I'm probably doing that sometimes. I spent much of the last six years advocating for a way for teaching to become more transparent. And in the dumbest way possible, you are joining that crusade. Let's make this happen, TV dinner boy. Sincerely, Patrick J. Kearney, actual teacher. I think these were some really nice posts by some people you recognize. I really enjoyed listening uh, to these after I recorded them. I just, I think there, you know, there's so many. I, I may have to do a greatest hits show. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry to, you know, pay uh, homage to myself, but uh, there's some really good posts that should go on a, a special show for uh, for the podcast that I think are, are really good. I think I'll, I'll probably do that. Tom's Greatest Hits <laughs> podcast show. Uh, but anyway, I hope you like today's episode. And I hope you remember that this is it for a while, at least early August Okay. Um, I think I said August 6th or the first week of August or something like that. But please do remember, and like I said, the episodes are there for you to listen to, the older episodes. Okay? 
they're on a list and just say, hey, I don't think I'll listen to this one. Oh, I didn't like that after a minute. I'm going to go to a different one. That's what you can do with podcasts that you could never do with old, old time radio. And I hope you do uh, take advantage of this off time that I need to take so that I can get my life together. Um, anyway, that brings us to the end of yet another episode of Tom Reads Your Story. If you enjoyed your visit today, please tell your friends because we're always looking for new ones. Be sure to email me at TomReadYourStory at Yahoo.com if you have questions or comments about the show. As always, thanks. As always, thanks. As always, thanks. Anchor.fm for the opportunity. I greatly appreciate it. Till next time, which will be a little while. Stay safe, everyone. Bye now. This is Tom Zania. For more information on my availability for your e-learning, commercial, or audiobook project, visit my website at www.tomzvoices.weebly.com. We hope you visit us again real soon for another episode of Tom Reads Your Story.